بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد ونسلی علی رسول الکریم اماباد لاسٹ ایئر اوپر ایپس دا پریویس ایئرز وی ریڈ دس لٹل بکلٹ ٹائٹل فور ایکشنز ٹو اکوائر دا فرینڈشپ آف اللہ تعالی دس از دا بکلٹ دیٹ او حضرت والا حضرت شاکم اختر صاحب رحمۃ اللہ علیہ had compiled has prepared very short small pocket size booklet but he prepared this around perhaps maybe 10 odd years before he passed away so this was in the tail end of his life so at that time he was already about almost 80 years old and he used to say that this is the crux of my 80 years of experience so somebody of that caliber that experience person who has been endorsed by the only of the time ulama of the time when he saying that i'm presenting the crux of my 80 years experience in barely a few pages so the importance of this itself is evident that something coming from that level it will take us not one maybe many many lifetimes of experience to come to some portion of it but the amazing thing is that these are very very basic things very simple things which appear that what is really in it but those who have seen their whole life through it they spend their life making people's islam tarbiyat taking them through the stages and they've seen what it takes So now we have to believe it there's one little statement that idha lam tar al hilala fasallim li unasin ra'uhu bil absari it is not far away so when the 29th of ramadan comes then everybody or many people stand outside looking for the moon everybody doesn't always end up seeing the moon sometimes okay it's a very very clear moon so many people sometimes hundreds will see it but more often than not it is just a handful of people that have seen the moon so now because just a handful of people saw the moon the rest of the people or somebody some person who is very smart he says till i don't see the moon i am not going to celebrate eid everybody will tell him that those who saw it they are reliable people you accept their testimony and carry on otherwise you'll stay without eid the day when you start deciding to have eid everybody will be over with eid so the point is that when there is somebody reliable giving something that is understood accepted so now the intelligent person will accept that and take it wholeheartedly and move on so he'll benefit he'll progress Now if he gets too much into the depths now he wants to know that this person saw the moon so all the finer details which he can't even understand the depth of it himself he wants to start asking him and then he doesn't see it he'll never get anywhere so likewise these ahlullah have gone through life they saw all the high and low they had dedicated their lives to the point where we can only dream about the kind of dedication we can only dream about so what is required is that we need to submit to it accept it and practice upon it another thing to say is that 
these four things, there are four actions mentioned here. Two are external, two pertain in a sense to our eternal self. So say that a person brings these four things into his life, starts practicing on this diligently, then inshallah the rest of things are very easy to take on. If this comes away, it doesn't mean that everything has come away. Like in Jamaat we talk about the six points. It doesn't mean that the six points, then there's nothing else left in deen. But what is, the lesson is that these six points have been extracted in a manner that brings about that ease. If a person has brought these things in his life, the other things become easy. So likewise, this is the experience of Hazrat that those who bring these four things, then everything else starts falling into place very easily. So inshallah we will read this one one section per day. And the object is that we bring this into our lives. MashaAllah, many things or some of the things would be already in us. If it is, we make shukr, but that doesn't mean we become complacent. And if it is not, then this is the time to make the intention, to make the decision that now this must become part of my life. If there are some things in our life which we feel that we have acquired this already, that doesn't mean that we look down upon anybody else. Somebody has some apparent deficiency. We have numerous hidden deficiencies. So we need to be looking within ourselves. And if there is something that's already in place, Alhamdulillah, Allah shukr, we accept that. That that has been achieved. We make shukr on that. Make dua for istiqamat on it. Never regard ourselves as now we have come to a point where everything is beyond any kind of going backwards, Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. This is a lifelong effort. A person has acquired something with the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala, it takes a lifelong effort to maintain it. So, with that in heart and mind, we will listen to this. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. These are four actions to acquire the friendship of Allah Ta'ala. By Arif Billah, Hazrat Mawlana Shah Ki Mawad Akhtar Sahib, Rahmatullahi there are four actions if one adopts, inshallah he'll become the wali of Allah Ta'ala, the friend of Allah Ta'ala, before he passes away. With the blessings of practicing on these four actions, inshallah he will gain the ability of practicing on all the other commands of deen. So these are four things that will inshallah acquire the friendship of Allah Ta'ala. When a person becomes a friend of Allah Ta'ala, then the friend of Allah Ta'ala doesn't shirk in anything. When a person has become the friend of Allah Ta'ala, then he goes out of his way to please Allah Ta'ala. Then he doesn't look at what is the bare necessary things to do and the rest leave it out. He goes beyond that. This is due to the fact that generally people find these actions difficult since it is difficult on the nafs. These are things which are difficult on the nafs and the nafs Imam Ahmad he saw a vision in which he communicated with Allah Ta'ala. And in that he asked one question that how do I get close to you? So the answer came, nafsaka wa ta'al. Leave your nafs aside, meaning trample it. Don't become entangled in your nafs at all. And then the next step you have reached us. So a person who has totally annihilated this nafs, has put his foot onto the nafs, that the nafs is no more controlling him in any way, 
the nafs is not dictating, then the next step is already with Allah Ta'ala, because that's the only barrier. Shaitan is an external enemy. This is the enemy within. If he's conquered this enemy, it's very easy to overcome shaitan as well. Initially, there was no shaitan. Shaitan was a subsequent issue. Before shaitan came, shaitan himself was the greatest abid. There wasn't any shaitan at that time in the heavens. Iblis was the greatest abid of the time. His name was Azazil. So what made him shaitan? What made Iblis the accursed? It was his nafs. So there was no shaitan initially, there was only nafs. But he gave in to that nafs that خَلَقْتَنِي مِن نَارِهُ وَخَلَقْتَهُ مِن طِينٍ أَنَا خَيْرٌ مِّنْ I am better than him. خَلَقْتَنِي مِن نَارِهُ وَخَلَقْتَهُ مِن طِينٍ You created me from fire, created him from sand, I must bow to Adam alayhi salam. Now what spurred this on nafs? If this nafs is brought under control, then it is very much easier to overcome shaitan as well. So this is due to the fact, in other words, bringing these four things will inshallah make everything else easy. This is due to the fact that generally people find these actions difficult, since it is difficult on the nafs. The student who manages to answer the difficult questions in the question paper will have no problem answering the easy questions. Hence the one who suppresses his nafs for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala and practices on the following actions, it will become easy for him to practice on the entire deen and he will become the wali of Allah Ta'ala. This is the very important thing that in reading this, listening to it, our niyat must be to make amal. To make amal ourselves, to pass it on to others. This is not a time to be looking at somebody else, to reflect within ourselves. If something has been acquired, mashallah, we make shukar, we make dua for others. If not, we make a decision in our heart and Allah Ta'ala open the way. The first action, keeping a beard to the extent of one fist in length. The following is reported in the narration of Bukhari Sharif. Khaliful mushrikeen, waffirul luha, wahfus shawarib. Wakan ibn Umara iza hajja wa i'tamara qabada ala lihyatihi fama fadala akhadahu. Translation, oppose the idolaters, lengthen the beard and shorten the mustache. Nabi Islam says, oppose the idolaters. The mushrikeen lengthen the beard and shorten the mustache. And then further, it is mentioned in this narration that when Hazrat Ibn Umar who used to go for Hajj or Umrah, he would take hold of his beard in his fist. Whatever amount of the beard was in excess of the fist, he would trim it. So in excess of the fist, Hazrat used to, on a little lighter note, just to emphasize the point, that one first length, so he's to say, look, your own first. Not when a person goes to the barber, then he asks the barber's child, five-year-old child, to put his first there, and then he trims it according to the barber's child's first. So it's one's own first, and according to that length, more than the own, the one first length, that can be trimmed, not less than that. In another narration of Bukhari Sharif, it is narrated that Rasulullah said that make the mustache extremely short, and lengthen the beard. It is wajib to keep a beard to the extent of one first, just as it is wajib to perform witr salah and eid salah on Eid al-Fitr and Eid al-Adha. 
Similarly, it is wajib to keep a beard to the extent of one fist in length. All the four Imams are unanimous in this regard. Allama Shami Rahmatullah states that to trim the beard when it is shorter than one fist in length, as practiced by some people of the West, has not been permitted by anyone. Hakimul Ummat Mujaddidul Millat Mawlana Shafali Sahib Thani Rahmatullah writes in Bashti Zawar, it is haram to shave the beard as well as to trim it to less than the length of one fist. The word dhari, Urdu word for beard, comes from the word dhar, jaw. Therefore, the beard should be to the extent of one fist under the chin as well as the right and left to the end of the jaw on either side. It is wajib to grow the beard to one fist length on all three sides. Some people grow the beard to one fist length under the chin but trim it to less than a fist on either side. This is incorrect. If any one of the three sides the beard has been shortened to lesser than one fist, to even the extent of one grain of a rice, that is a few millimeters, this action will be haram and imagesan. Razat had initially prepared this kitab and had it distributed also. At that time, in the majlis, there used to be three majlis every day, morning majlis, after Asar, then after Isha, and at the end of every majlis, three majlises a day, at the end of every majlis, Hazrat will have the summary of this spoken by somebody, generally Hazrat Misa, Rahmatullah or somebody else. And this continued for, Allah knows best how long, but maybe for many months, perhaps over a year, that daily this, these four actions were repeated. The summary of it, in five minutes, seven minutes, somebody would repeat this daily. One person was Hazrat Khadim, he one day explained that this was an ongoing thing, every day, three days, two, three times a day, two times a day. See, they happened during that period of time when this was ongoing. One day about two or three of them were alone in the room, Hazrat. There was nobody else there. All had been there for a long time. Everybody, mashallah, had a full beard also. All are sitting there and they're hearing to this. They are also attending the majlises regularly, so they're getting this message every day. And now, just two or three people are there in the room. And Hazrat started talking at length about the importance of the beard. He found it a bit strange. This is something we're hearing daily, every majlis almost. And now these two, three people that are here are not new people. They are here from a long time. All, mashallah, have got a beard, which is a first length. And now at this length, Hazrat is talking about it again and he is emphasizing it so much and stressing it again. See, his thought passed the mind, but nevertheless he said, well, whatever Allah Ta'ala endows and inspires in the heart of the Ahlullah, this is khair in it for us, we need to accept it, take it. The time came and went, he forgot about it also. It was perhaps some months later, one of the people who were also in the room, who was also there, he met him and he said to him, you remember that day when we were in the room there with Hazrat and he was talking at length about the beard. So he said, yes, I recall and it crossed my mind also that just two, three people are here. He says that out of the blue, I suddenly was overwhelmed with this urge to shave my beard off. I saw talking about months later, Shaitan came in such an attack, says this became such a strong thing within me that now I should go and shave my beard. And that 
nasihat that Hazrat gave in the room just kept on coming in front of me. And as a result, Allah Ta'ala has fazal that I got saved. Now, sometimes a person feels complacent that some things are fine with me, I am okay with all this. Whether it's to the, regarding the beard or anything for that matter, person is performing his salah regularly, mashallah. So he thinks now, fine, I'm okay with this. Somebody, alhamdulillah, is guarding his gaze. He starts feeling complacent that I'm okay now. I have overcome whatever the situation might have been a while ago. I don't really now need to be too concerned. I'm fine. As soon as this comes in the heart, I'm okay. I'm fine. Others need to sort themselves out. I've passed this. That is the point of danger now. And that is the moment of decline. Shaitan will start whispering this from time to time. But when these whispers come, that is a time to immediately repel these shaitani thoughts. This I am okay is a shaitani thought. We are never okay. Hatta yaatiyakal yaqeen. Until death comes, when that has come on Iman and a person has left dunya in a, with khatma bil khair in a good way, now that he's left with his Iman intact, then he's okay. Till that last moment, I'm okay, this is the whisper of shaitan. And all the time to keep turning to Allah Ta'ala, Ya Allah, I am totally dependent on your help. Totally dependent on your protection. I cannot protect myself at all. Allahumma la takilni ila nafsi tarfata ayn. Allah, don't leave me to myself for the blink of an eye. We are not okay. Okay is that person who is left intact with his iman. So, as soon as this okay comes in the heart, that's the danger. So this is something that Hazrat used to have repeated on a daily basis, not just once, sometimes two, three times a day. And despite being such a straightforward thing, but these things were repeated and this particular incident highlights that how sometimes that particular nasihat on a particular occasion, though the same thing was heard dozens of times, hundreds of times, that particular nasihat comes to heart, provided a person, he absorbed it with his heart. So it's there somewhere, it comes at the moment of need. Many a times a person hears something, reads something, and it's something that he has perhaps heard before, he's read before, but that particular time that he heard it or read it, there was some deeper way in which he took it into his heart. He read it with some extra talab. There was that extra search and seeking in his heart. That moment that he read in that condition or heard that in that condition, that settles in the heart in some special place. Now that comes and goes, we can't and normally it doesn't happen that a person will remember everything all the time. How many things we read, how many things we hear. It's not humanly possible that a person can remember all this all the time. Anybody at the, any moment asks him, okay, repeat all the things you've heard. Can't do it. But the system of Allah Ta'ala is that a person has with ikhlas and with talab. With ikhlas and with talab, he's read something, he's heard something, he's spoken something. For the sake of Allah Ta'ala. 
Then this settles in the heart, though it might not then be remembered of the turn. That somebody asked, now repeat all the things you've heard. But at the time of need, when now a person is tested, he's tempted, at the time of need, that which has settled some way comes to the fore. That Messiah will come right in front of him. That which he read with the ikhlas and talab of the Ahlullah, that will now come strongly to his mind. Otherwise he would have forgotten it. So this is the benefit that a person should go on reading the writings of the Ahlullah, listening to whatever their advices are, and in this way, this defense is being built up. And at the time of need, it then comes to a person's help. Inshallah, we'll continue with the second action tomorrow. This is also all the writings of Hazrat Ali. So there's one topic here. Kedil ki nigrani. Dil ki nigrani hi ikhlas hai. As far as ikhlas is concerned, this is the root. If there's ikhlas, this is the seed. And from the seed will come the root, will come the tree, will come the trunk and then the branches and the whole, the leaves and the fruit and everything will come. But the seed is ikhlas. If there is this ikhlas, then everything else will follow from there. If this ikhlas is not there, then it is a person just trying to plant something on the surface, it will just get blown away. There won't be any, nothing will remain out of it, neither in dunya also, and especially in akhirat, absolutely nothing. So the root of everything, the seed of everything is ikhlas. To the extent of the amount of ikhlas, that is the benefit that will come out of it. That seed is very, very good, very healthy seed that has been buried under the ground. Now that healthy seed brings about a very good tree. Then that fruit also is very good. That fruit becomes export quality also. And if that seed is not in good quality, it is half of it is decayed, etc. Then accordingly that is what the end result becomes. So ikhlas is the most important thing. So this is the topic about ikhlas. As it says regarding ikhlas, that the real aspect of ikhlas is being vigilant over the heart. This is the essence of ikhlas. Generally we hear ikhlas, sincerity, that a person must be sincere, he must do things for Allah Ta'ala. But what is the essence of this? The essence of ikhlas is the constant vigilance. A person is like a person guarding something. And he is, now there is a huge treasure there and he has to be guarding it. So what kind of care, what kind of concern, what kind of vigilance he will have in looking after that? Slightest sound alerts him. The slightest movement somewhere he sees and he is now at high alert. 
Now this vigilance over the heart, the slightest interference from nafs, the slightest interference from shaitan, and he's at high alert. He's not just getting washed away. He's not just getting carried away. So provided he's vigilant, he'll become alert immediately, and he'll be able to take the necessary steps. But if a person is just complacent, he is not keeping guard over the heart, then in a moment this wave just comes and he's gone, he's washed away with it. So this is the essence of ikhlas, that the person becomes vigilant over his heart. Allah Ta'ala say ikhlas ki tawfiq mangte raho. It says that keep asking Allah Ta'ala for the tawfiq of ikhlas, to be blessed with the ability to be sincere, to have ikhlas and sincerity. Ikhlas ki haqiqat kya hai? What is the reality of ikhlas? So this is explaining now what is the reality of ikhlas. Koi tumhara dost aur bara hai, to dhyan rahe ke iski nazar meri nazar se mili hui hai. Iski nazar ko dekhta rahe ke wo kis baat se khush hota hai aur kis baat se naraz hota hai. And says that supposing somebody, his friend or some senior, now he is conscious that that person who is his senior, he is looking directly at me. Senior is looking directly at me. Or he is now conscious that what makes this person pleased, what displeases him. So now he is, because he is conscious of this, this person is looking directly at me now. And he's my senior, he's somebody that I want to please, my parent, whoever it is. So now he is always wanting to do the right thing. Doesn't want to do anything that will become a source of the displeasure of the parent or the senior. Now because he is conscious, this person is looking directly at me, there's a different feeling. There's a different situation. It's not a casual situation. So this is the example as he's saying, Ikhlas dil ki nigrani hi ka naam hai. Same thing is being explained, that Ikhlas also is the same vigilance over the heart. Har wakt ye dhyan rahe, ke kisi baat se Allah miyan naraz to nahi ho rahe hai. And all the time to be conscious and be concerned that is Allah Ta'ala not becoming displeased with me for anything. This what am I doing? Am I earning the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala? Or is it something else? Majma mein taqreer kar rahe ho agar majma ko dekh kar jah ka kuch apni barai ka khayal a gaya ke aaj mein to kuch ho gaya to foran istighfar karo. A person is giving a talk, a discourse, a lecture and now, in the midst of that, this comes in his heart, that I have now become something, I have achieved something, or I have said something really, immediately make istighfar. Ki Allah, is majma ko dekkar jo mere nafs mein apni barai ki jo khayalat peda huye hai, aap inhe maafirma dijay. Immediately make istighfar. Ya Allah, these thoughts that have crossed my mind, that I have become something, Ya Allah, you forgive me. Dusre yu kaho, ki Allah, aap ki baat logo se kehne ka haq ada na hua. لاکھ حسین الفاظ واقعات اور مثالیں ہم بیان کریں لیکن کیونکہ آپ کی ذات تو ایسی خوبیوں والی ہے کہ اگر سمندر روشنائے ہو جائے اور اس سے آپ کی خوبیاں لکھنی شروع کی جائے تو وہ ختم ہو جائے اور آپ کی خوبیاں ختم نہ ہو سکے The other thing to think about this is something that's very important those involved in the work of the that we need to bear this in mind all the time that immediately also say this to yourself that Ya Allah your words are such and to praise you is such that I can never ever fulfill the right of it. Explaining to people whatever 
the talks of deen are, I can never fulfill the rights of it. Whatever beautiful words I can bring, whatever incidents, whatever examples may be given. But ya Allah, your being is such that if the entire oceans had to become ink, and all this had to be used to write your praises and your greatness, all this ink will get finished, but your greatness will still not be exhausted. So Ya Allah, I can never fulfill the right of explaining your greatness. So what have I done? Nothing. So immediately istighfar and immediately to bring this reality to mind. Further says, there are two major ailments, major maladies of the heart. One is ujb and the other is kibar. These are in one sense related, but at the same time they are distinct as well. Ujb is where a person regards himself as something, somebody, as good. He is not focusing on anybody else, he is not looking down on anyone. But he has elevated himself. I am somebody. I've achieved something. That too is a major sin. It's a very destructive malady. This is the same thing that we discussed earlier. This is where that I'm okay comes in. I'm fine. And this I'm fine is a very, very dangerous thing. We should never ever regard ourselves as okay. Always be turning to Allah Ta'ala in humility. So one is where a person feels good about himself. And the other is kibber. Kibber is, he's looking down upon somebody else. This is that atom bomb of the heart, which destroys a person, which destroyed shaitan. Ana khayrum min. Azazil, who was the greatest abid, became shaitan on the same note. I'm better. I'm better and he looked down upon Adam alayhi salam. So this looking down upon others, kibber, this is a major disease and this is something which doesn't come out of a person's heart by merely just one talk or reading one book. This is a lifetime thing. It's an ongoing thing. Many a times these things are dormant. Person feels that I've overcome these things. But it's there, it's lurking. And these things become apparent when out of the blue a person gets tested. Out of the blue, suddenly something, some situation happens and a person is now on the spot. Now when he is tested, out of the blue, the reality comes out. Then if there is pride, then all the apparent humility just disappears. And the reality of what is inside suddenly now comes to the fore. And if there is humility inside in reality, then in that test of the moment also, the same humility shows itself. Hazrat Abu Bakr somebody said to him something abusive. So he replied and said that if what you are saying is right, may Allah Ta'ala forgive me. And if what you are saying is wrong, may Allah Ta'ala forgive you. And he carried on. Now, who can say this? Calmly say it and carry on. Don't take any kind of 
effect from it, somebody who within himself is truly humble, that he can just merely say this much, that if what you are saying is right, may Allah Ta'ala forgive me. And if what you are saying is wrong, may Allah forgive you. And he carries on. One Buzruk, somebody started abusing him. So he said to him, you see, whatever you are saying, that is part of it only. Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala has hidden the other faults of mine. Had you known that, then you would have said more. What you are saying is just part of it. And that is the reality that generally a person says, he picks on some fault of ours. He only knows one or two things. If we look within ourselves, then Allah forbid if that had to be exposed, then we wouldn't have had our face to show in public. So a person who is truly humble, he reflects on this all the time. What is my reality? And when he is genuinely reflecting within himself, then he doesn't take effect from these outside things. Being insan, you will sometimes feel something. We are all insan, we are human. So we get upset sometimes. But he won't, this won't overwhelm him. And it's something that will last for a while, short while, a moment, and it's gone then. But this is the thing to develop within this humility and to remove this kibber and pride. And this is unfortunately the thing that drops us. So this is what we need to be focusing on. Ibadat ke baad toba kya karo ki Allah aap ki baad kehne ka haq ada na hua. Zikr ka haq ada na hua. Namaz ka haq ada na hua. Zarasi ibadat karke hum apne ko kya samajhne lagte hai. It says even after performing some ibadat, whatever ibadat it is, after that ibadat make toba. After ibadat making toba, this is something we have been taught in our salah. Salah, the greatest of ibadats. And a person at the end of his salah, now he's completed everything. He's completed his tashahud, he's recited Guru Sharif. Right at the end, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala that now you recite this right at the end of your salah. Allahumma inni walamtu nafsi ghulman kathira. Ya Allah, I've greatly oppressed myself. Ya Allah, you alone are the one who forgives. After whole salah, I greatly oppressed myself. What oppression is this? Khair, we can talk about, maybe we still are in that situation that even our salah is an oppression. Abu Bakr al-Lawn, Nabi Salaam is teaching him, is teaching him, teaching us, teaching the Ummad, but those who truly have the ma'rifat of Allah Ta'ala, the recognition of Allah Ta'ala. So no matter how well something might have been done, they realize that this hasn't fulfilled the right of the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala to even an atom extent. Whatever has been done hasn't fulfilled the right of the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala to the extent of a single atom also. So what can I really claim? So therefore, this is something I should make toba on, that I couldn't fulfill the right of ibadat in any way. So it says if you have had to give some talk, make toba thereafter. Ya Allah, I couldn't fulfill the right of this. You made zikr, make toba thereafter. I couldn't fulfill the right of this zikr. You performed your salah, make toba. Ya Allah, I couldn't fulfill the right of this salah. Unfortunately, our situation is that we perform a little bit of ibadat and we start flying in the air that what we have done, we have achieved something great. Or Huzur sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ki aqal mubarak ko dekho ke namaz ke baad istighfar farmaya karte the. We, a small little thing we do, we regard ourselves as having done something great. 
And look at Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that after Salah, at the end of it, he's making istighfar. Ke Allah mutse namaz ka haq adana hua. Aap maaf farma dijiye. Ya Allah, I couldn't fulfill the right of the Salah. Ya Allah, you forgive me. Ye hamare liye sabak hai. Huzur Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam hume sikha rahe hai. Ke Sayyidul Anbiya hokar farma rahe hai ke mutse namaz ka haq adana hi hua. This is a lesson for us. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi is teaching us that despite being the greatest of all the Anbiya Ali Musallatu Salaam, he is still saying, Ya Allah, I couldn't fulfill the right of this Salah. So, tum se kya ada hoga? When Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam being the greatest of all, he is saying that, Ya Allah, I couldn't fulfill the right of your Salah. So, what is the position that we are going to be in? Where can we fulfill the right? Lihaza ibadat karke naaz na karo. Balki Allah Ta'ala se maafi mango. Therefore, after having performed some ibadat, don't become boastful about it. Don't become proud of it. Don't start thinking something of yourself. Rather, turn to Allah Ta'ala and seek His forgiveness. Hamari naqis namaz ko kabul farma That Ya Allah, this very deficient salah, you accept it. Apni kisi amal par naz na karo. Don't ever feel great about any amal of yours. Don't ever feel something about it that I have done something. Unki nazar se nazar milaye raho. Ki aap agar hume apni nigao mein charha le, to hum sab kuch hai. Keep focused with Allah Ta'ala. That Ya Allah, if you elevate me, then I am everything. Mu'min bhi hai, wali bhi hai, sab kuch hai. Then I am a true believer, then I am your friend, I am everything. Or aap agar nigaah se utar de, to hum chamar aur kafir se bhi battar hai. Ya Allah, if you drop me, then I am worse than even the disbeliever. So everything is dependent on your grace. I have achieved nothing. Phir na hamari namaz, namaz rahe, na roza, roza rahe. Ya Allah, if you drop me, my salah will not be a salah anymore, neither my fast will be any fast, na asu asu hai, my tears will neither be of any use, sab bekar ho gaya. Everything will be totally wasted. Kabooliyat ka fuse ur gaya. That fuse, the fuse like a light fuse, if that blows, the whole light is gone. So here the fuse of kabooliyat, of acceptance, that has blown. When that has blown, everything is gone. Nazri inayat ki roshni aa rahi thi, jisse taufiq ho rahi thi, it was purely this grace of Allah Ta'ala that this light was being received. And due to this light, the tawfiq of amal was being attained. Otherwise, what do we have? What can we ever claim to have? We have nothing. Thereafter, it gives one incident that one person was sitting, he was selling some kind of bangles. This is the crux of this incident as I mentioned. So he was selling these bangles. One person passed by there, he had one stick in his hand. This person was somebody... So as he passed by, so he took that like a big stick and he hit it hard on those bangles. And he's asking this person, what is this? Now when he hit it hard, all those bangles were kept together, so half of those bangles broke. And now he's asking, what is this? So that person replied now, probably he was selling those bangles or whatever. So he replied that if you give it one more shot, then this is nothing. Half of it is already broken in one shot. You give it one more shot, the other half will break. So then no, no use asking what it is. Then it is laser bishayin. It's nothing. So in one shot, everything was gone. Or one shot, half was gone, the other shot, everything is gone. So that quotes this example. And then he says that if one shot comes from Allah, what will be left of us? This is just an example that in one shot everything went away. 
This person said, if you give one more shot, there is nothing. No need, no need to ask what it is. If one shot comes from Allah, what will be left? So a person needs to be all the time conscious of this. That, ya Allah, I am totally dependent on you. Abni nazar se apne ko mat dekho. Unki nazar se apne ko dekho. Ki unki nazar mein mein kaisa ho. So it says, don't look at yourself with your eye. Don't ever look at yourself with your eye. If we look at ourselves with our eye, we'll see like there's nobody better than me. I'm beyond everyone. Nauzubillah. Look at ourselves with his eye. In other words, how are we faring in the court of Allah Ta'ala? What do we appear to be in the sight of Allah Ta'ala? Then we'll see ourselves full of faults. Then we'll see ourselves full of deficiency. इसलिए हर वक्त डरते रहो होशियार रहो कोई काम ऐसा न करो जिससे उनकी नजर बदल जाए देफो ऑल द टाइम बी फियरफुल ऑल द टाइम रिमेन अलर्ट डोंट एवर डू समथिंग ड्यू टू विच वी फॉल फ्रॉम द ग्रेस ऑफ अल्लाह ताला वो औरत बेवकूफ है जो अपनी नजर से अपने को देखती है इसे तो शौहर की नजर से देखना चाहे था कि इसकी नजर में मैं कैसी हूं अदर सेज दैट वुमन दैट वाइफ शी इज टोटली अ फूल who looks at herself with her eye that what she looks like she should be looking at herself with the eye of the husband that what i will look like in his eye agar uski nazar mein main achhi ho to sab kuch ho warna mitti palid hai see that if she thinks in this way that if i look good in his eye then i'm everything otherwise no matter what i might be i'm worthless just sand and dust agar niya ki aankhon mein wo kanta hai और अपने आप को अच्छा समझ रही है तो क्या इसे रोटी कपड़ा मिल जाएगा इफ शी हैज बिकम द टॉन ऑफ द हजबेंड आई रिगार्डलेस वट एवर शी माइट बी बट वट एवर हर कॉन्डक्ट इज एक्सेट्रा शी हैज बिकम द टॉन ऑफ द हजबेंड आई सो विल दे बी एनीथिंग लेफ्ट नाउ फॉर हर फ्रॉम द साइड ऑफ द हजबेंड बिकॉज शी इज बिकम द टॉन ऑफ इज आई ही इज वो बी पेन टू हैव एनीथिंग टू डू विद हर सो शी शुड बी कंसर्न अबाउट वट शी लुक्स लाइक इन हिज आई सो दिस इज जस्ट एन एग्जाम्पल This is the way we should be all the time concerned what am i in the court of allah taala in the sight of allah taala am i accepted as my am i amal worthy of being presented so obviously we are when we look in that manner at ourselves then we'll realize how deficient we are and how far away we are isliye jab apni barai qalb mein aaye ya dusri ki haqarat qalb mein aaye या लोग तारीफ कर दे कि आप बड़े अच्छे हैं बड़े अल्लाह वाले हैं तो फौरन ख्याल करो कि वो औरत जिसकी अभी रुखसती नहीं हुई और जिसने अभी शौहर की नजर को नहीं देखा क्या वो अपने आप को अच्छा समझ समझ सकती है हार्ट ऑफ वन सेल्फ आई एम समथिंग ओ वेन वन स्टार्ट फीलिंग समबडी एल्स एज लेसर पर्सन स्टार्ट लुकिंग डाउन अपॉन सम वन और सम वन स्टार्ट प्रेजिंग यू mashallah you are very good and you are allah wala immediately start thinking in this manner that that person that lady who got married but she has still not gone to the husband's house she is still in her home the husband hasn't seen her and she hasn't yet understood whether the husband has really seen her with the good eye that he has now felt good about her so can she think good about herself अगर इसकी सहेलियां इसकी तारीफ करती रहे कि तुम बहुत अच्छी लग रही हो 
تو وہ یہی کہے گی کہ ابھی میں اچھی نہیں ہوں جب میاں دیکھ کر یوں کہہ دیں گے کہ ہماری نظر میں تم اچھی ہو اس دن سمجھ لوں گی کہ واقعی میں اچھی ہوں سی دیٹ اف آل ہر فرینڈز آل اسٹارٹ پریزنگ ہر دیٹ ماشاء اللہ یو لک ویری گڈ شی ول ریپلائی اینڈ سی دیٹ ناٹ یٹ ہسبینڈ ایس ایٹ دا سیم تھنگ دین آئی ول ایکسیپٹ اٹ آل دس از بینگ سیٹ ان اے ٹائم دیٹ فور ناؤ ناؤ ڈیز دس بیکمز ڈفیکلٹ ٹو ایون انڈرسٹینڈ واٹ کائنڈ آف ٹاک دس از دیٹ وین دا ہسبینڈ ول سی می دین آئی ول ڈیسائڈ دس از آل لائک اولڈن ڈیز اسٹوریز یس اٹ ہیز بیکم انفارچونیٹلی اولڈن ڈیز اسٹوریز دیٹ ناؤ ڈیز before others have seen Allah knows best where the matter has already gone so this is as a result of the fitna and the lack of haya and whatever else has now become the norm of the, in the standard but those who Allah Ta'ala has blessed with maintaining that haya then they still have this kind of situation where that haya is completely intact so in any case the lesson here was that a person should never be focusing on oneself always the focus towards allah taala that is allah taala happy with me have i done something that allah taala becomes happy with me or am i doing something which is displeasing allah taala banda aur allah ka aisa hi mamla hona chahiye jab apni barai ka khayal aaye to foran soch lo ki abhi apne aap ko kaise acha samjho therefore a person's relationship with allah taala should be the same way Whenever something comes in the heart that I am something, I am great, immediately think that how can I ever think of myself great now? Na malum Allah miyaa ki nazar mein kaisa ho. I have no idea what I am in the sight of Allah Ta'ala. Ha, roze mahshar jis din ka mein awaz, roze mahshar jis din kaan mein awaz a jayegi. Allah takhafu wa la tahzanu. Us din apne aap ko samaj lunga. Yes, on the day of qiyamat, when this sound comes in my ears when i hear this call allah takhafu wa la tahzanu they don't fear and don't grieve you have passed now then i will regard myself as good allah ta'ala give us a tawfiq of bringing these lessons deep down in our heart and always regarding ourselves as nothing always being conscious that allah ta'ala is watching allah ta'ala is away what's going through my heart always reminding ourselves that till that last breath we can never be complacent and until and unless we have not left with iman and as this last advice of the game till the day of qiyamah that we don't hear this allah takhafu wa la tahzanu we can't be complacent we can't regard ourselves as anything but allah taala's system is that a person who continues making an effort a person who continues trying insan is insan we can slip and fall that is not something that is beyond us we are insan we are weak but allah taala has kept the door of toba open that a person who is in the process of walking he is trying he is making an effort he slips allah taala has kept this shower of toba immediately available that wash oneself immediately clean oneself and keep walking and this is how easy taqwa allah taala has made that a person to remain muttaqi is as simple and as easy as a person remaining as he is termed as ba wudu a person who is perpetually in wudu is that humanly possible that a person is perpetually in wudu that his wudu never breaks he's going to go to sleep his wudu is going to break he's going to fulfill the natural needs his wudu is going to break 
But he is a person who whenever his wuzu breaks, he immediately makes his wuzu. He refreshes the wuzu immediately. So such a person is termed as somebody who always remains in wuzu. So a person, Allah forbid, he doesn't plan and deliberately fall into sin. He doesn't start working out and planning how he's going to bring himself into a situation of sin. But being insan, he can fall. So Allah forbid if he has fallen, he immediately washes himself, immediately cleans himself. Immediately he makes his toba and moves on, he's also muttaqisl. He's still with taqwa. His taqwa is still intact. So Allah Ta'ala give us this tawfiq that we keep working diligently towards Allah Ta'ala. Allah forbid we fall somewhere, we immediately, without any delay, make sincere toba, shed tears of repentance, and we connect ourselves with Allah Ta'ala again. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. Wa akhir da'wana alhamdulillah. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, subhanakallah, alhamdulillah, 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 alhamd